What are you okay. doing? Chuck, Chuck, so, Chuck, is, <laughs> Chuck is smoking something. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about this all day. Chuck is smoking. <laughs> but, but wait, there's that, more. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk, Things You Thought You Knew edition. So I was just thinking how much we take for granted about when we use the word energy. And it has profound origins. I mean, our understanding of energy has profound origins. The brilliance of Isaac Newton, who, you know, uh, discovered the laws of optics and gravity and motion and, and invented calculus. Mm-hmm. Energy was not a fully developed concept in his time. And so, so I just want to sort of spend a few minutes offering an appreciation for a triumph of the human intellect to figure out what the hell energy is and then how to manufacture it and exploit it. I just want to spend a few minutes. This is like a public service announcement for energy nice. <laughs> out there. So, uh, energy is not a thing, right? You can say a rock is a thing and you can point to it. Or a planet is a thing. And energy is not a thing. Hmm. So, it was delayed in our ability to understand what it was and how to think about it. So, we knew some things. For example, when you had a cannon, back when cannons were like, popular tool in warfare. Right. There were physicists at the time who said, hmm, I have a cannonball and I have this gunpowder and the cannon is made of iron. Then I fire it. And if I keep doing this, the cannon gets hotter and hotter. Well, where's that heat coming from? So what is it? And so in the urge to turn energy into a thing, Early ideas was that there was energy was a fluid, was a thing that could move in and out of objects. Mm. Okay. One of them they called it phlogiston. Another one was a caloric. These were words invented to try to think about energy as an as a thing. And then it moves, and it's got to be somewhere. And, and so a hot cannon had more of this in it than a cold cannon. And so, and so there was a, you had to start somewhere. We were crawling before we even could walk. And it wasn't until we understood molecules and atoms and, and that we were able to say, hmm, okay. and, and what role friction plays in this, we were able to say, hmm. So you can store energy in different ways. And when you store it, it's not manifesting itself. It's not saying, here I am, look, look. it's not really doing that. Mm-hmm. And when you're storing it, no, the object is not in motion. No, the object is not, you know, it's not all these things that it is when it's manifesting. So let's take the simplest case, a roller coaster, Okay. Right. Every roller coaster, the first ascent, 
is the highest. Yeah. Okay. So what's going on? So there you go, and you're leaning back, and this thing cranks you up. It is endowing you with energy, potential energy, stored energy, potential gravitational energy. When you get to the top, you can calculate, how, because we have formulas for this, calculate how much gravitational energy it handed you. I don't feel this energy. I don't know what you're talking about. Until I push you over that ledge. Right. Over the other side of that hill. Then what happens is your potential energy starts converting to kinetic energy. And it's an exact trade-off. An exact trade-off. So all that energy they gave you at the top, right? okay, now is return with you speeding up as you descend. And that is when the ham sandwich becomes actual vomit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a, a transformation of another kind, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and it's this trade-off. And it goes back and forth as you go up hills and down. If you go up a shorter hill, then the first one, okay, you have enough energy to reach the top of that hill because you started out with way more energy than that at an even higher hill. You're going to lose some energy to friction, okay? So in other words, you can't ascend back to a hill exactly the same height that you started in, okay? Some energy will go to friction. And when you lose energy to friction, that makes heat, okay? That's the source of heat when you lose energy. All right, so that's why the engine of your car gets hot. Right. Okay? Not all the energy that you started with got transferred to the motion of the car. The losses went to friction. The friction heated your engine. Your engine gets hot. Okay. So in a roller coaster, you're converting gravitational potential energy to kinetic energy and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And if they designed it right, the frictional energy that you lose, okay, you don't go up higher and higher. The hills you go over have to get lower and lower. And there's the last one, then you come in for the stop. Right. So they, they gave you the energy when you started at the top of that hill. So that's gravitational potential energy becoming kinetic energy. That, that's what's going on there. And like I said, if you go back up a shorter hill, you'll slow down. Mm -hmm. Because some of that kinetic energy is giving back to you so you can have another little lump of, of potential energy to take the next hill that comes after that. All right. So that's easy. We've had roller coasters forever. You could have imagined them forever ago. But it's more complicated or a little more physics involved if you want to say this molecule has energy. A molecule. Well, how am I going to get the energy out of the molecule? You're just sitting there. Oh. Well, you can, in one case, burn it. Burn the molecule, okay? Why is it that you can throw a log in the fire and the log is room temperature, you put in the fire, then the fire ignites the log and the log keeps burning. There's, there's chemical potential energy in the molecules of the log. Where did that energy come from? Where did the log get that energy, Chuck? You tell me right now. The log is it's, it's from its molecules. It was storing... Where did its molecules get their energy? 
Oh, okay, let me think about this. Um, oh, from their atoms. <laughs> <laughs> what did the log used to be? No, it used to be a tree. A tree? How does a tree get energy? Um, from the sun. Thank you. Thank you. So, <laughs> so, the, the sun builds molecules that contain stored energy. So that's why wood burns, because it has stored chemical energy given to it by the sun. Look at that. And it, it's just sitting there, minding its own business. But that's why fires in homes are so deadly. Because there's all this potential energy stored in the molecules of organic matter, wood, if your house is made of wood, so that the whole thing burns, converting the, chemi the chemical energy into thermal energy. So, wow. so much of our lives is the conversion of energy of one form into another. And what happens while that's going on? So, uh, other forms of energy. There's energy in the nucleus of an atom. Yes. You split the nucleus and take it out. We make bombs doing that. Okay? So, we turn nuclear energy into the kinetic energy of an explosion to do damage to things in warfare. Gosh. Okay? That's nuclear. Or chemical energy. Some chemicals will give you their energy, not slowly, like a slowly burning log. They'll give it to you catastrophically, all right? And we call those bombs, okay? Look at that. Or yeah. a firecracker. Catastrophically, boom! The energy goes to break apart the firecracker, goes into the sound that it makes, the shockwave, all of that. So our lives and everything we do is nothing but a, a ballet of the conversion of energy from one form into another. So when we consume food that has calories, a one-for-one -one definition of calorie is energy. So you eat food that has, you look at the calorie content. That's how much energy it has, okay? So then you consume it. You need energy to live, to move. Your heart beats. All this requires energy. You're getting it from the calories of the food you eat. So what happens if you consume more calories than you need. Gotta Your body that. says, store that. So it creates, it creates chemical potential energy in the form of fat. And it stores it away. I'm not fat. I'm just filled with potential. <laughs> what you talking about? You see this? This is potential. I am potentially Michael B. Jordan. I am potentially Michael B. Jordan. That's what the potential. <laughs> My six pack is just beneath the potential. It's just beneath right, that's all this potential. You don't even know what you can have. And by the way, that conversion of your body's calories to your energy is not perfectly efficient. So what happens to that excess energy that's not converted. It's, that's the inefficiency of your body. All it, We're an engine of sorts. It's inefficient. So that inefficiency gets converted to heat. So your body heats up when you exercise. Right. It's, it's a consequence of the inefficiency of your body. But your body loves that because now you, 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 it's part of your temperature-regulating system. But I'm just saying 
you, when you exercise, your body heats up. In the same way you drive a car, the car heats up. In the right. same way, the, the wheels and the tracks of a roller coaster are actually getting hot because of the inefficiencies of the conversion, because there's inefficiencies in every conversion of energy from one form to another. So the, the only point of this is just to say, so much of what we do and how we live involves the clever conversion of energy from one form to another. Nuclear energy, chemical energy, which is molecular. Uh, we have kinetic energy, gravitational energy. All of this comes together, and our ability to exploit that in the service of civilization is one of the great triumphs of physics, especially 19th century physics, where they figured out, oh my gosh, look what we can do. Another quick one, just look at a locomotive, right? Well, what's going on there? Well, the locomotive, all right, I don't know if you remember, they'd have to fill up with from water tanks every now and then. Okay, well, what does the water do? Well, a locomotive burns either coal or wood, mm -hmm. and it heats a, so that's the chemical energy. It heats a vat of water, so it's got the stored chemical energy of the wood into the active thermal energy of the vibrating water molecules. They then evaporate, creating pressure for the steam to then move wheels to have the locomotive go forward. Oh my gosh. And that all started with solar energy that made the wood or the coal that made the, uh, the, the fire that made the boiling water that made the pressure that moved the wheels. All of this is a triumph of our understanding of energy. Now, what you just said there, I can hear Exxon going, listen, guys, we're actually solar energy, okay? So, <laughs> we got, I just see it coming Ultimately, ultimately it started guys, as solar energy. this is solar energy, okay? Fossil fuel started as solar energy. This is true. Damn. This is true. It reminds me of this bumper sticker. It says no nukes, right? From the anti-nuke movement. And then the O in the no is an image of the sun. Well, says well, no nukes. No nukes. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. exactly. Right, I know what they mean. They want right. you to do solar energy, but the sun makes its energy with nukes. Right, all right? right, just like make that clear yeah. here. That's how that, it started that way. So anyhow, I just thought I'd put all that out there. It's and cool. so, to just to enhance our appreciation for what energy does for us and how being clever has enabled us to build civilization on the exploitation of converting energy from one form into another. Yeah, it has built civilization, and ultimately, it will destroy civilization. Destroy <laughs> On that happy <laughs> note, <laughs> thank you. I'm Joel Cherico, and I make pottery. You can see my pottery on my website, CosmicMugs.com. Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Chuck, what do you know about Medusa? Um, I don't want to see her. I know that. <laughs> if, she, if she ever said to me, uh, look here. I'm like, no.
<laughs> not looking. <laughs> no, I'm not looking. What do you mean, look here? Uh. <laughs> yeah, she makes eye contact with you. You turn to stone. Right. And she's famously in the night sky. She's oh, immortalized. I did not, did not the know that. severed head of Medusa is immortalized, held by the Perseus. Perseus is a constellation in the sky. And there's a star called Algol, which is a variable star. It changes its brightness uh, over relatively short periods of time. That's why we call them variable stars. And the eye of the severed head is Algol. So this is Medusa, like, looking at you. It's, it's pretty fun. And, of course, Perseus was the hero in the story right. with Andromeda, who was the daughter of Cassiopeia. And she was, I don't remember why. Oh, Cassiopeia said she was more beautiful than the sea nymphs. And then, then out of punishment, they took her daughter and strapped her to the cliffs for the sea monster. Perseus comes to save, to save her. He has to slay Medusa. All right. Right. And so he does it by looking at her, but through the reflection of his shield. Right. Okay? And that way it's not a direct, direct sight line. I and can't believe slays she her. fell for that. And, fell for that. <laughs> and, and backs up to her and slays her backwards, right? That was right. pretty cool. And it cuts off her head and puts it in a in a in a sack. Perseus is in the sky, um, rides on the back to go save Andromeda by showing the severed head of Medusa to the Kraken, and the Kraken turns to stone and then crumbles away because he's too big to be stone, right? As a, as a, that's, I gotta say, that's a big chance that Perseus took that, you know, the severed head would still be able to do its thing. Good, yeah, yeah rather than just with closed eyelids, right? You have right. to, like, pry open the eyelids with toothpicks or something exactly. to make that Exactly, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's, uh, he had to make sure she died with her eyes open, probably from the surprise, <laughs> the surprise of falling for that stupid trick of looking at her through a shield. <laughs> so she died with her eyes like, I can't believe that I fell for this. Like, <laughs> Is that what she sounds like? <laughs> that's, that's, her voice. that's Medusa. I can't oh believe. God. I can't believe. I fell for this stupid trick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all of them are in the night sky. We got Andromeda, Medusa, uh, Cassiopeia. Uh, the reason why I'm saying all this is there's a whole set of legends that derive from the expectation that when you look at someone or anything, that you're sending out some beam of energy or information or light as though seeing was an active aspect of what it is to obtain information. Right. right? So I see you because, because I'm going out there and I'm getting you right. and bringing you and back into pulling my you back head. back in. Right. Right, that, right. So that is not how seeing works. And this was not established until about 1,300 years ago in the Middle East, in what we call the Golden Age of Islam, uh, Alhazen, uh, occasionally referred to as uh, Alhazen, both of those I think are legitimate names for him, one of the great scientists of the era, early, an early scientist in the history of scientists, um, kept good notes, had hypotheses of how things worked. He looked at a cow eyeball, saw a lens, saw that you can make an image on the back of the eyeball, and he deduced that the act of sight is 100% passive. 
All reception. All reception. So you can't just give someone the Google eyes and have them say, oh, I feel someone's looking at me. People will still say that. But all experiments show that no, you cannot tell if you do it in in a controlled setting. You cannot tell when someone's looking at you. Okay? Unless you're in the in fact, subway. Because <laughs> sometimes you're in the subway and you just get that feeling that comes up the back of your neck and you turn and there is some creepy person staring at you. And they don't turn okay. away. They will not. That's how you know you're in New York. Any other place, you look at somebody and they look away like, oh, shoot, I was staring. They, they look sheepish about yeah, having, like, having I can't believe caught. I was right. staring. You, in New York, you turn at them and they're just like, that's right. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> Don't scare people from the New York City subways. That's not what... Here's my point. Anytime you turn around because you think someone's staring at you right. and they are staring at you, right. you have not recorded the thousands of times people... We're also staring at you, right. and you didn't turn around to notice. Right. Okay? Right, so this, right. this is when you do the control setting. This, this is the case. So it's just an interesting fact. The Bible stories about, who was it that turned back and she became a pillar was, of salt? Uh, Lot's wife. She observed the destruction of Sodom, and they were told, whatever you do, do not look back. And so she violated the, the directive looked back at the destruction and turned to stone in doing so. Okay, so that case, that might not be her sending out a signal from her eyeballs. So that sounds like a more legit uh, consequence of this relative to Medusa looking at you, her eyes light up, and then you turn to stone. So so I just, it's an interesting history how you can, there, there can be mythologies that rise up around physiological misconceptions that make for interesting stories, right? Right. And people used to be thought of as dying of a broken heart, all right? Uh, maybe it was an actual heart attack, all right? But then, you know, there... It was bacon. It was attach, bacon. But Francis Bacon? It, or no, bacon? it was just bacon. <laughs> the bacon they... That's just... <laughs> like, he died of that's a broken not... heart? No. No, that's you called cholesterol. That's called cholesterol. The man <laughs> had bacon with every single meal. And you know you can't do but it. But you can't. You don't want to take away the romance of dying of a broken heart. That's all. No. So it's just, it's just fun. So I don't, I don't object to misconceptions if you have no better explanation at the time. And it becomes part of a sort of our cultural sense of the world. I mean, that's, this is what, um, this is the richness and the depth of history that we experience as a culture. Who knows see, what they'll be saying about... You know, here's, here's the problem with that, though. See, what? Someone of your particular acuity can say that. Can say, this is part of the wondrous romance the char- of life. Charming the, elements the of charming our charming elements of life that we're able... Because you're a person who understands the scientific method you're somebody who, uh, uh, you know, believes in data and empiricism, you know, both, mm-hmm. okay? But the problem with that, that charming, that wonder, that, you know, these, these, these idiosyncratic, you know, things that happen, um, that we attribute meaning to them, you know that we're attributing that meaning. We are affixing meaning to those things. They don't really yeah. have meaning. The problem is there are a bunch of dumbasses who 
who actually believe. Okay. They believe this. It, it's no okay, there's no excuse. Once we've learned how all this works, there's no excuse to continue to think it's true. And that's what you're talking about. The people yes. who are, are delayed in their acceptance of objective realities. And yes. I, I'm with you there. But I'm not going to judge people from long ago on today's stand. Oh, okay. okay. All right. I'm going right. to say, right. okay. No, no. We're, well, yep. You got me. Yeah, that's, that's, we I got to give it to you okay. there. They're, they're, they're perfectly okay. acceptable. They had no other information. So therefore, boom, I get it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, right on down to those who imagine that someone having an epileptic seizure were being invaded by the devil. Right. Right. And so you go get the priest and they do the holy water. Right. And, and then, then the they come out over. of these symptoms. Right. The seizure's it, over. The 20-minute seizure ends. It just ended because it, how far away is the church? 500 right. years ago. It's like right. two blocks away, right? Exactly. Just in time for the priest to get there. So I, it's, it's, we're trying to make sense of the world. And I so I don't you know I'm it's I'm okay so funny with that. you use that 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 as an example because I think it's a great example because we can actually see the brain now we can see the activity of the brain and exactly yeah. what is happening in the brain that causes yeah. this epileptic fit so there is we're not seeing the devil what we're seeing is a neurosynaptic breakdown or malfunction right and. So, you know, but where did the devil go? You know, it, like, right, it, right, if, right. You, if so, you want to still fine. believe so, that. Right, but if, fine, in the face of science, just don't lead any science agencies that allocate research funding. <laughs> play, play a job for you <laughs> in a society. Chuck. Yes. Yeah, I, I got a fast one for you. All righty. This one is going to be about wheels. Okay. I'm going to say, uh, I'll say a bit pedestrian <laughs> for you. Just... Okay. <laughs> so, did you know that if you're driving down the road, okay, pick a speed, 60 miles an hour. Nah, that ain't me. <laughs> Oh, okay, whatever, sorry. You, you got to bump that up by about 25 miles, and now we talking. <laughs> At whatever speed you're going, okay. there is a part of your car All right. that is going forward at zero miles per hour at all times. All right, this already got interesting because I, okay. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. There's another part of your car okay. that's going forward at twice that speed. At every moment. Oh, God. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, <saying>. Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, All right. Okay. So, okay, you ready? Okay, are you seated? All right. Okay, here okay. we go. Here we go. Okay. It's all happening in your wheels. So, the part of the wheel at any moment. <gasps> oh, my that's God. <laughs> contact with the pavement. Is not moving at all. That's right. Damn. It's it, no. If your car were skidding, right, then the part of the wheel in contact with the road would be would moving be, forward. Would be moving forward at the rate you're skidding forward. But that's why okay? you're moving forward. It's which why you're moving. It's forward. why you're because, moving forward. Because part of the wheel is not moving at all. Exactly. Because okay. if it were, you'd be spinning in place. <laughs> you'd be spinning in place. Correct. 
By the way, okay. Now, you know what, man? You did it again. You did it again. Because I'm a legend. I'm no, I, I, I got to say, I, now, I'm, first of all, this is what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to publicly what? apologize to you for all that shit I was thinking. Because <laughs> I was Before thinking I began. Some, Let me tell you something. I was thinking some stuff. I'm apologize to you right now. Because you were like, all right, Chuck. We're going to talk about wheels. I'm like, this brother done lost his damn mind. We're going to talk about wheels. Seriously? <laughs> but okay. you did it. Go ahead. Let's right. go so for it. Let's keep going. Let's keep yeah. going. So the center of the wheel. Right. Which is, okay, it's spinning, but the exact center is going forward at the same speed the car is. Absolutely. Okay. The top of the wheel is going forward at twice the speed of the car. Twice the speed of the car. Okay. Just like a... At twice like, the like, speed. Right. Wow. Okay, because notice, if the chassis of the car is moving at the speed of the car, obviously, the top of the wheel is moving faster than the chassis. Right. Okay? <laughs> it's That's moving it. past the, cha past the, the chassis. The, the top of the wheel well. The right. wheel well, the top of the wheel well is going forward at your speed, at your speedometer's right. speed. The top of the wheel is going faster than that right. to come around to the bottom so that it's not moving, not moving at, at all. all. That's incredible. And if you, that if you run the math on that, you get, you get zero at the bottom, the speed of the car in the middle of the wheel, and twice the speed of the car at the top of the wheel. And so this is, this is the geometry the math and the physics of, a, of an axled wheel on any moving vehicle. What are you okay. doing? Chuck, Chuck, so, Chuck, is, <laughs> Chuck is smoking something. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about this all day. Chuck is smoking. <laughs> but, but wait, there's that, more. That's awesome. That is awesome. But wait. And, because so I'm you picturing know a dot at, on the wheel as, and a dot at the chassis, and then it comes yes. up. It has to go faster than faster, the top. Faster. Has to go faster. Uh, so it could uh, come around. the top around. of the wheel well. That's right. So that it can come around. Correct. So now, Damn. now, now think of the wheel that's on a train. Okay? The train wheels are different, right? They're different from car wheels, obviously. So there's the metal flat part that touches the, the metal rails. But then there's another part that's like an outer, outer, what's the, where should I use that? It's like a coupler. There's an outer part that extends outside of the track. Right. Okay. Can you picture this? Yeah, it's, it's not like just a rolling lip. on a track. Yeah, it's oh, like, like a, a lip. Like a lip on the it's wheel a, itself. A lip that extends outside of the track, right. which enables the train to stay on the, on track. the track. Otherwise, we'll just drive off, right? So th these lips that are exterior to the wheels keep the tr train aligned on the track, okay? Right. But here's what's interesting. They dip below the contact point of the wheel and the rail. Correct. That By a little bit. By whatever it is, they dip below. Right. All right. Well, if the top of your wheel is going twice the speed, the center of the wheel is going the speed, the bottom of the wheel is going zero, 
anything lower than the bottom of the wheel is moving backwards. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's going in reverse. It's going reverse. It's going so for any train, there are parts of that train that are moving backwards on the track at all times. Wow. That's, that's pretty wild. And, and, and just, just picture that. You know, there's the wheel rolling. Right. The part that's below, below the contact the, point right. is moving backward. It actually lands in a place behind where it started. Right. That means it moved backwards. That's right. That's insane. That's so insane. I just thought I'd put that out there. I know it's not nothing deeper than that. It's the just, next time or, or I more... tie up a woman and put her on the tracks, I'm going to let her know that this <laughs> you're going to learn something. <laughs> is this what you do, Chuck? Okay. As I twirl okay, so my now, as I twirl my mustache. <laughs> now, here's here's something interesting. Are you ready? So that means there's a part of your car that's right. going at all speeds from zero up to twice the speed of the car, correct? That's right. Okay. So imagine this. Imagine attaching some device to your wheel that sends out a microwave signal, and you can adjust it up or down, okay? From the mm -hmm. center of the wheel to the outer rim. And sends out, or, or, or from the center of the wheel to the bottom, sends out a microwave signal that will report a speed of your car at any speed you choose. So the police officer's there with the radar gun oh. with the return signal that's going 30 miles an hour, even though you're going 60. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, so they'll get the reflected signal off of your car, right? But if you can override that with a more powerful signal sent from your wheels, you can broadcast any speed you choose down to zero if it's attached to the wheel. Right, which is the, that's the speed I'm choosing, by the way. That's, well, you can't do zero because they know you're lying. Well, but that's that's, if, if that's any, what I'm any, any place be, any place between the center of the wheel and the bottom. Bottom of the wheel. It will. You can broadcast a speed of that spinning wheel at any speed less than your actual driving speed. Wow! But it, it would, to, to configure this would be really weird, and how to make that happen because it has to be moving with the tire. I don't know how you would design the engineering of that, but it's just something to think about. Because there's always a part of your car that's going everywhere from the speed of your car down to zero and up to twice the speed of the car. Well, maybe, that's you know, it. when the cop pulls you over, you can just tell him, I don't know what speed you recorded, but uh, it, I don't know. You should have been looking at the bottom of my wheels. <laughs> yeah, that'll work in court. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about wheels. That's, uh, that was um, pretty damn good. I mean, sorry, pardon my language. That was pretty doggone good. Uh, that, I, now I, there's I, an... Completely surprised, taken, taken aback by this one. Yeah, and there's another kind of wheel, which is the shape of the object that rotates within a Wankel engine. So if you imagine an equilateral triangle, but right. curve the corners of it and make the sides a little bit convex, right? So yeah, it's a triangle. I, I had a Mazda once. <laughs> oh, you did? Was it a, with a Wankel engine? Yeah, okay. I had a Mazda. So, so that shape, interestingly, the distance from the bottom to the top right. remains the same 
no matter how it's oriented. Right. So if you roll it along the, uh, uh, if you, I made one of these shapes. In fact, I don't have one with me here. We might have to do another we, explainer. We used to call the, them spirographs when I was a kid. <laughs> okay, yeah. They're, so they're, they're related. They're yeah. related, yes, right? Yeah. They're related geometry to it. So if you take a plank and place it on top of one of these triangular shapes and roll it, the plank will be absolutely steady. Right. Even though it looks like the thing is bobbing up and down. It's exactly. because there's no central axle to it. Right. Okay, we think a wheel needs, a wheel that gives you a smooth ride needs one central axle because a wheel is the same distance to each point on the rim. You can right. design a shape where the top is always the same distance from the bottom, even though the center is moving in your spirographian sort of way. Nice. So I actually built one of these when I was a kid in, in woodshop in seventh grade. And I don't think it's with me here. That is it's in wild. a closet somewhere. I'm going to have to dig it up and we'll do another one. Just fun things to do with, with a Wankel engine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's an unfortunate name, but yeah. <laughs> I know, right? It's a little weird. It is a little weird. Yeah. But it's one of the many engines that have been developed over the years to convert uh, chemical energy into kinetic energy. And yeah. So maybe we'll do it. I know. We'll do a, an explainer just on engines and the history of engines. Oh, that's a great one. Why they differ from each other and where they're headed. That, that, that's a good one. That is uh, a good one. And now you know that part of your car it ain't moving at all. But don't use that as the excuse when you get pulled over. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. Or don't experiment with how the cop will react if you give that as an excuse. Right. Uh, you don't want <laughs> We got to call it quits there on Star Talks, Things You Thought You Knew Edition. Chuck, always good to have you. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. As always, I bid you to keep looking up. Yeah.